On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. I could not be more excited about today's guest. Before we bring her in, let me tell you about Samantha Harris. I know so many of you have probably followed along on her career like I have as well. She is a TV host. She was on Dancing with the Stars, Extra Entertainment Tonight. And now she's actually a certified health coach. She's She calls herself a cancer thriver, and we'll get into why she says that. She's also the author of Your Healthiest Healthy. And I have to tell you, as somebody who's worked in TV and news and hosting, I have followed her career. I, I put a picture of Samantha Harris up on, I know I always, always talk about my vision boards, you guys, but I just can't help it because it's such a big part of my life. And um, and I put a picture up of her on Dancing with the Stars. And I remember thinking, you know, I would love to know this person. She has a true effervescence about her. And then I was, <laughs> I was in like this online workshop not too long ago talking about sort of toxin-free living. And Samantha Harris was the guest speaker. And I thought, I have got to get her on the show. I've got to, you know, share her story. So let's welcome her in. Hello, Samantha. How are you? Hello, so good. First of all, that's like the fact that I was on your vision board, I'm just sitting here sort of stunned. That is the nicest thing I think anybody's ever said. Oh, oh my gosh, well, it's true. I, my mom and I would watch you and you'd really just have such a unique presence on camera. And then when um, when you were speaking at that event uh, online, but it was, you know, it was like an in-person event, but online event, I yep. thought, wow, she really does seem like the person she is on, on TV and that isn't always the case. And I think that's a really special quality. So. Um, I'm excited to share your story because I think sometimes when people have that, that authenticity, it's because they've been through a lot. And, um, and I know you have been, but let's start at the beginning. Like rewind, <laughs> little you Samantha, how, how did you grow up? What was your upbringing like? Oh my gosh, so I, I grew up in Minnesota, uh, born and raised, but I had a very strange upbringing for a Minnesota kid because uh, my dad produced all the rock concerts that came through Minneapolis, St. Paul, and my parents together created one of the country's first Renaissance festivals. Uh, my dad's name's <laughs> Richard, it's called King Richard's Fair. Yeah, we still have one in Massachusetts uh, that my mom and sister run uh, because we lost my dad uh, to colon cancer when he was 50. Mm. Um, but I had this very, theatrical celebrity in you know it, it, it just speckled yeah, childhood yeah. for a Minnesota kid and when I was 12 I looked at my parents and said can you get me an agent I want an agent <laughs> <laughs> so I started doing print work and modeling and industrial films and commercials and whatever I could get my hands on and then would I think really the turning part because that point for me because I always thought I wanted to be an actor and when I moved out to LA after college I was pounding the pavement for about six years trying to act but the turning point for me was when I was 16 and I apologize if you hear my pup in the background he wants my attention very very much. Oh, oh my so, gosh it's so fine we love animals on this show so do not worry at all. <laughs> he might come into my lap at some point and let me tell you he is not a lap dog. <laughs> yeah he's seen Oris. Um, so, but but when I was 16, I was cast uh, as a as a host 
of a, of a segment for a, a nighttime themed entertainment show. And so what was really interesting about this, it was the first time I realized I could be myself and on camera. Uh, and it was this aha moment. So immediately I got involved with my high school TV station and it was great. I went to a public high school, Hopkins High in Minnesota, and we had three teleprompters, a news desk, two edit bays, and I learned everything that I could about putting together a story. And then I went to Northwestern University, majored in journalism, and moved out to LA, founded the pavement for many years, auditioned like crazy, and, uh, and then eventually realized oh yeah, this hosting thing, this reporting thing, this anchor thing, that's actually more me than the actor who really had dreams of starring with Keanu Reeves. I'm dating myself, <laughs> I don't. Um, so then, but that, but that, and then there you go. And so, I mean, it wasn't at overnight, believe me, I worked my butt off. <laughs> it sounds like, it. How, did it, how did it end up, um, how did you end up like the search for the Dancing with the Stars host? What, what, what did that look like? So, okay, so my first full-time job as a host was uh, at E, well, I was actually at Extra. I was the weekend host and a full-time correspondent. And then I went, moved to E! News on the E! Network. And I was at E! News at the time. And I was actually, so Dancing with the Stars had had a summer season. It was only six episodes. It was sort of their tri a trial run on ABC. I, I was there to cover it as the journalist for E! News to interview the celebrities after one of the shows. And I got back to my news desk at E and I called my agent. I was like, okay, if there's ever a second season of this show, like I, can't, I don't know if it's gonna be a hit or not, but if there's <laughs> ever a second season, I wanna be a contestant on it. Cause I was never someone who would have my, like my sights on someone to take their job away. They already had hosts, but I knew if there was a second season, they would need new contestants. Mm. So my agent's like, okay, well, duly noted. And about a week or two later, she called me back. She's like, Samantha, you're on a short list for Dancing with the Stars. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, uh, I was thinking about it and I'd really want to be really good, which means I'd really want to rehearse a lot. And with my full-time job at E! News, I don't know how I could possibly do that. She said, no, 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 Samantha, not as a contestant. You're on a short list to be the new co-host. I was like, what's that? I'll come again? <laughs> like, what? So... Long, long story longer, um, I basically, about a week after that, got a call out of the blue, sitting at my news desk, can you be at the, at the studio where Dancing with the Stars tapes in two hours, in full hair, full makeup, and a gown to do a screen test with Tom Bergeron for the executive producers? I was like, yes. <laughs> I, I, it was, yeah, exactly. And thankfully, because I was at E! News and I covered all the award shows, I actually had a closet a wardrobe closet with some gowns. I ran into the hair and makeup room because I wasn't shooting that day. I said, can you guys please like throw some makeup on me that looks glamorous? And I went off to the studio and the rest is history. Eight seasons as a host, it was amazing. Oh my goodness. I wonder if there's something to be said for you kind of putting it out there to your agent and not feeling weird about calling your agent and saying like, I want to be a part of this in some way. Yeah, you know, I think so many agents fig operate under the pretense of, okay, that client has a job, they're out of the picture, now let's focus on the so clients who don't. What I loved and have always loved about my, my representatives, and I've been with them now for over 20 years, is that they were all about career choreography. So understanding the bigger picture, that one thing then leads to another, and to have multiple jobs mm -hmm. is actually sometimes more beneficial because sometimes one job goes away. Um, and so, and while I was at Dancing with the Stars, I, I left there and took a job because I had an amazing opportunity at Entertainment Tonight and The Insider. And I had interned at ET when I was in college. So sitting in the anchor chair, 
substituting for, you know, filling in for Mary Hart wow. uh, was a dream come true. And then for Nancy O'Dell and I was the weekend host at ET for a long time. And that's where I spent most of my time was at Entertainment Tonight. Um, so, you know, it was great to have these two jobs. And then other opportunities because of Dancing with the Stars came up. So I was a kind of correspondent for Good Morning America, I guess correspondent on a continuing basis. I got to host the live red carpet Oscar pre-show with Regis. And then the pinnacle truly was being given the opportunity. I mean, I had to audition anyway, but being approached to star on Broadway in the musical Chicago as Roxy Hart, which is an iconic role. So I was, and it was backwards. I was given the offer. And then I had to go and audition. It was sort of like, <laughs> do you want to do this? Yes, you do. Great. Now we need to make sure you can dance and sing and actually carry eight shows a week. And, um, and it was great. You're like, I've been training for this my entire life. Of course. What do you think I've been doing here all these years? <laughs> yeah, well, I remember when my agent called and said, so we just got a call from the Broadway show Chicago. They want to know if you're interested in doing a summer stint. I was like, I mean, that, she knew. I mean, she knew how much I love Broadway. So she didn't even have to guess that there wasn't even a half a breath. A second for me to answer yes and um, but I had a 21 month old daughter my husband was like wait you're gonna leave and go to New York for the summer I can't totally leave so I'm gonna have to travel back and forth and then I also was doing my full-time job at the insider at the time so I was working seven days a week doing eight shows a week on Broadway and then also Whoa. doing you know, five full days a week for the insider uh, shooting from Times Square. I lived in Times Square. I did my show in Times Square and I did my Broadway show in Times Square and I juggled the 21 month old and I was exhausted, but yeah. it was amazing. How did that, how did that go with the 21 month old? By then they're, they're walking, they're talking, they're curious, they're, they're not in school it, yet. Oh, and any downtime that I wanted to, you know, I, I not, not that I wanted, any downtime I needed to have, right, to just re-energize, I also, wanted to be able to spend with her. I wanted to take her on stroller walks, take her to Central Park, have her go to the zoo, you know, all of that. So sometimes I would cajole her to take an, a mid-afternoon nap with me. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was definitely helpful. Um, and so, you know, it was it was really it was really challenging. It was <laughs> it's really challenging. I, but it was a like cannot imagine. I legitimately cannot imagine, but I'm glad that you were it sounds like you were able to make it work. So so you're I mean, like life sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty busy and and, and pretty good. Where in this sort of the cycle of your life that we're talking about, did you start to worry about your health or, or get this diagnosis that would ultimately, it sounds like, change you know, part of the trajectory of your entire life? It 100% did. I, so, I mean, here I was. So the upside, I had all these amazing opportunities. I was yeah. juggling so much. But it was a go, go, go constant for about a decade, mm -hmm. just nonstop. And at 40, I was blindsided with a breast cancer diagnosis. I mean, blindsided, because I was the healthy one among my friends. I was the one who worked out regularly and ate my cheeseless pizzas and my chicken breasts <laughs> and my egg whites. And you know, there I was. And I thought I was the picture of health. I was on the cover of, I don't know, 10, 11 different fitness and health magazines. And, and people would say, well, what do you do to work out? What do you do to stay in shape? And so this diagnosis, I think because of all of that was even more stunning for my husband and me. I, I, I would think so. I would think so because, because again, when we're taught about like just the sort of general public education about cancer prevention, it is, it's like diet and exercise. There's not a lot of discussion until recently about other components. So you had to have been thinking like, why me? Right, well, here's also, I wanna just as sort of a little PSA, I had a clear mammogram 
at 40. I, I figured I would get one because I'm so healthy. I should set up my mammogram, get a baseline. Right. And it came back clear, which is what we anticipated. But 11 days later, I was changing after a workout and I found a lump. Oh, and I thought it was really strange. I just had a clear mammogram less than two weeks ago, but I called my OBGYN. She saw me a couple of days later. She said it was nothing. You're 40. It's probably glandular. This is what happens. You get lumpy breasts. Sent me on my way a month later, still there. I'm thinking, okay, this is weird. My husband can see the lump. Like it's that, it's that oh, wow. sign. Yet the mammogram missed it. In my internist, it's nothing. We'll keep an eye on it if you're worried. And it was like the holidays. And you're you like, up, yeah, like, I'm worried. Oh, well, I, you know what? I, everyone told me it was nothing and I had a clear mammogram and I was, True. I felt fine. I felt amazing. So it was shocking that four months later that lump was still there. And I thought if this is something I'm going to live with forever, let's make sure we do the proper diagnostics to see that it is truly nothing. And that's when I went to see a surgical oncologist, never thinking for a second that I had cancer, two ultrasounds, a needle biopsy, nothing actually even detected the cancer. But, and this is where you need to two-prong, two listen to your gut and your inner voice because we know our bodies better than anyone can. The second part is when something is awry, always get a second or sometimes third opinion until you get to the right specialist who is the best in their field. So I went to someone who listened to her gut and she said it no test is pointed to the cancer. But I don't know what that lump is. Let's take it out. I had a lumpectomy and that's when we found out not only did I have breast cancer early stage, I had invasive breast cancer. And after long thoughtful process, we opted for a double mastectomy with reconstruction. We found after the mastectomy, it actually had gone to a lymph node. So it, all of a sudden my stage one was stage two. And it was, it, let me tell you, three surgeries in 2014. It was quite a journey, but it pivoted my entire life. As you said, a trajectory I didn't foresee. It was truly amazing. Wow. You know, very it's like we're born with this intuition and this this inner knowing and something happens along the way and I don't know what it is but it's just like life and stuff where we just stop listening in here and start like listening out here and I'm so glad that you just kept going and I love that you stopped and shared that PSA for those of us who feel like something's off I know that this test is fine but something's off um, and you it sounds like you were just like the advocate for your own health as you always had been um, and and looking back, is there anything that you're like, okay, gosh, I was, I was, I, you never, I mean, gosh, it's nobody's fault that they yeah, get cancer, no. but like, is there anything you think, okay, I would have done this differently or maybe the stress or, or, you know, anything? Well, you know, so I'm a national ambassador for Susan G. Komen and from my work with Susan G. Komen, I've learned that one in eight women will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. And yet... Only five to 10% of breast cancers are actually hereditary. And mine was not genetic. We did a whole battery of tests. So it really perplexed me and I wanted answers. I was so, I was almost angry that it wasn't genetic because I just wanted that answer. Of course. But also, in retrospect, incredibly grateful. That means my daughters who are already at an elevated risk because I had cancer at least don't now have the gen genetic predisposition. Um, but all of that said, I put on my journalism hat and I dug into so much research. I read everything I could. I determined it really is what you put in on and around your body that affects your overall well-being that turns on or off dormant cancer cells that are probably living in most of us, if not all of us, that may never 
actually turn into something that can affect whether or not you have type 2 diabetes or heart disease or certain autoimmune disorders. And so that's where the trajectory changed. I pivoted not only how I was living my life from the foods that I was eating to the makeup I was putting on to my period routine to my cleaning supplies. And it wasn't overnight. It was all very small, one little step at a time, very manageable so that I could just, because otherwise it's overwhelming, right? Yeah, yeah. And just those small steps. But also the other part of it, managing stress, managing toxic relationships that are dragging you down, that are adding high levels of cortisol in your body, which lead to inflammation, which then lead to chronic diseases. And how could I mitigate those relationships with the least amount of shrapnel? <laughs> how could I build a positive mindset and resiliency? And so it was all of those steps that really led me to reach, because I thought I was healthy and I needed to reach my healthiest healthy. And that's why I wrote the book, Your Healthiest Healthy, which is really just a one-stop action plan, a comprehensive action plan to dip into each of those areas to see where, it, I. there are a lot of gurus who stand on a pedestal and say, this is how you need to eat and this is how you need to move your body. This is more a lifestyle suggestion of how to reduce the toxins in, on, and around your body. Okay. And it spawned something even bigger, which I'd love to be able to share with you as well. Yeah, yeah, we definitely are gonna get into that. You guys, the the way that I kind of like, aside from my vision board, the way I reconnected with Samantha was she was speaking about toxin-free living. And it is, it's so interesting because there are so many, there's just, there's a wealth of information. Like we know we need to eat fruits and vegetables. Like we, we know we need to get sleep. What there isn't a lot of information out there about is, like the specific ingredients. And I know for me, when I first started hearing about this and I started delving into it just because of uh, thyroid disease, which runs in my family and I have dealt with and struggled with and tried to figure out for so long. And finally a doctor was like, well, what, <laughs> like what kind of lotion are you using? What are you putting on your hair or your makeup? You know, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, excuse me, like, how dare you? The dog's even mad. Like, how dare you look at my products? It has nothing to do with that. I eat very healthy. And it was interesting to see. So does your, does your, your book and your programs kind of go into like the ingredients to avoid and that kind of stuff? It does. And do you want me to let my dog out of the room so he doesn't continue Either way, to yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, we've got time to, if you want to. All right, I'm, gonna open, I'm just going to open the door because he, he only wants me. And then he <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's the work from home life. But I think that's, you know, if that's the one stress, then that's okay. <laughs> exactly. But thankfully, it's, 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 a, much, it's a much less stress the work from home thing because there's I mean now that we're getting back into commuting and our kids are back in school and having to drive around I'm like oh my gosh I haven't like we haven't had that we haven't oh. had the add in that extra 30 minutes each direction and get out the door go 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 so I, I, I'm enjoying the fact that I can shoot from home work from home everything I do for my career except for occasionally going to a set is is from home and it's oh, amazing. That's awesome. So talk it's about the, the health community. Yeah, and the dog, but the dog loves it. I mean, we've done, listen, we've done a couple interviews where like the dogs cannot handle us going back to work. Like you just have <laughs> oh, to no. stay home forever. They have too much separation anxiety. So talk about um, this health community that, that you created. Was this like, okay, we, we get, you know, double mastectomy, four surgeries, all this stress, all this kind of fear, and you already have the health education. Then were you like, okay, I need to create a community for people or how did that go? So I'm a certified holistic health coach. And also I've been certified as a trainer for years because when I was pounding the pavement trying to audition in my early years in LA, uh, I juggled probably about four different jobs, one of which was a group fitness trainer. Oh my gosh, um, me too. That's so funny. <laughs> yes. 
Oh my gosh, step aerobics and just everything. Okay, good. So you always had that passion and that knowledge and then became, my gosh, a holistic health coach. Right. So, so I, I went through a, a year-long holistic health coaching program. Um, and then, really, I had so much demand for more information that had come really from a Your Healthiest Healthy book. And so, just actually in January of 2021, I launched the Your Healthiest Healthy community, which is a subscription-based membership community, very accessible, very affordable. And, I mean, it's like a cup of coffee a week or maybe taking care of your health. Like, you know, right. just not that not, you don't have to have the coffee. We can do both. Um, <laughs> but, but essentially what I offer is every week a live health coaching session, a different topic every week, a live workout, all levels, different types of workouts every week, and also a live weekly special curated guest expert. And I have to tell you, it's been amazing. I've reached out to so many incredible people and not one has said no yet. So I'm, I'm like, we're on a roll, we're gonna keep this going. Um, and so I'm bringing all of these people into the community. But so we have live Q&A and then everything lives in the feed 24 seven so that if you can't be at something live, you still have the ability to watch it or listen or work out with me. And then on top of that, we do weekly, uh, sorry, monthly, uh, different health challenges. We did a, a smoothie challenge. We did a three by three by three, which was walking three miles every three hours, three times over the course of a Saturday. And some people biked, some people only did one by one by one, but we were a community doing it together. And that's what's so exciting. And it's, uh, the people have been incredible. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and, and you're still, and it's interesting because the, the journalism and the hosting continues to weave itself into what you're doing, right? Because you're, 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 that's how we host now is online. That's what hosting is and hosting a community and connecting with a community and doing interviews. So I love that you've sort of brought both of those careers together. I am dying to know, and I'm, I know that's probably like in the community, but give us a sense of what, like, what is your fitness routine like now what do you do to look like you for those of you who are seeing the tv version you're going to want to know that too <laughs> <laughs> so and i and i share a lot of that on my instagram which is just samantha harris tv and so really being committed to workouts I and mean, whether you are a cancer survivor like I am, or someone who's looking to never have a diagnosis in your lifetime, or you're dealing with prediabetes or the risk of heart disease, one thing I wanna say to everybody, just because something is in the genetic history of your family, or just because you feel, well, my dad had heart disease, or my mom has diabetes, or my grandma had cancer, I, don't, I want you to throw away this notion that you, are de that you are destined to also have to have that outcome. We are in control of so much more than we give ourselves credit for, but we have to listen to our bodies and we have to make healthful changes. And that does mean eating more of a, a whole foods plant-based foundation, whether you wanna be vegan or paleo or keto mm -hmm. or omnivore, whatever it is, every guru that touts one of those different eating philosophies will agree that a plant-based whole foods foundation is key. The majority of your food should be coming from that. That really, people say, well, how do you get your arms like that? How is it the workout? What's your, it's a lot about diet. It really is. Um, the, the physical activity component, honestly, when I was you know, pre-cancer, I thought I have to work out all the time because I gotta look good in a dress and I have to stand next to these professional dancers who are like amazing and I've gotta like look like them. <laughs> but the, the, the transition, it's like sort of that extrinsic motivation, which that was versus the intrinsic motivation and finding within you, why do you wanna move physically? Is it to lose weight? Yes, can it help augment a weight loss program? 100%, but the diet is a huge, 
huge yeah. component of that. Um, where it's more important to move your body every day, for those who are breast cancer survivors, a new study came out that said that those who are physically active on a regular basis, so what that looks like about 150 minutes a week of moderate to um, more advanced exercise sure, or 75 sure. minutes of very rigorous exercise, have a 62% reduction in a recurrence and mortality. Wow. And that's just for cancer patients. So right, so when we're looking at people who are pre-diabetic or wanting to avoid diabetes or heart disease, the physical activity component is so important. And for longevity, as we get older and we're losing muscle mass and we're losing bone mass and we're losing our energy and our balance, those balance exercises, strength training, and then also getting out and moving your body every day is so important. So I exercise five days. So that was a long-winded round no, to answer your question. But I work out I work out probably five days a week, sometimes six, and an occasional seventh, which might just mean that's a yoga day and, and maybe a hike on the weekends. The weekends are always my lighter. I integrate all different types of workouts because it's really important. That's part of my community. We do everything from yoga to bar to kickboxing, hit classes, strength training, because we have to keep our body guessing and our mind engaged to not lose the motivation, right? We want to stay motivated, and we also want to make sure that our body doesn't get into that lull, that plateau. Right. Well, I'm curious your thoughts on, I know you, you mentioned whole foods, plant-based, and it can be a different you know, variation. Everybody has a different variation of that. What are your thoughts on choosing organic food after, after what you've been through in your research? So really great question. So on the one hand, nutritionally, there isn't a lot of difference between organic and conventionally raised produce. Where the really big impact happens is on the micronutrient level, but also more so on the pesticides, heavy metals, and the mycotoxins that are basically getting into your body by having conventionally raised produce. Mm. So, but a lot of people say, well, Samantha, it's just too expensive. I can't, I can't spend my money there. So I, I have two things I want you to think of. One, when you, the way that you feed your body now will help reduce your medical costs later, which yeah. will be exponentially higher. The other part of that is that if you are really watching your budget, there's a handy dandy list called the Dirty Dozen. The Environmental Working Group is a nonprofit that does a lot of wonderful work both in Washington, but they also have a rating system for, for foods, for uh, ingredients in your makeup and your household cleaning products. So it is sort of my go-to for a lot. But they have the Dirty Dozen list and the Clean 15 list every year where they rate the most pesticide heavy fruits and vegetables and the least. So where you'd wanna really make sure you're spending your money on organic is that Dirty Dozen. Pretty much year after year, you'll see on that list strawberries, apples, grapes, multiple different types of lettuce. Um, so that's really where you wanna make sure that the money is spent when it comes to organic. Or go to your local farmer's market, talk to the farmers. A lot of them can't afford the certification for organic, but they don't use pesticides. And, they, and for their fertilizers, they might use chicken poop, which is the person that I go to at my <laughs> farmer's market. And that's great. Thank you. <laughs> and that's what you want to go for. That is, I've asked that question about organic so many times over the years, and I think you gave the most comprehensive answer, which to me says, if you can't afford to get all organic, go for go for Dirty Dozen, Clean 15, do what you can. Yeah, and, and, and gosh, even better supporting a local grower, and uh, that's a really, really helpful answer. I am gonna let you, I just like one more question here. I'm curious how you do, how you've transitioned into this new lifestyle and being a mom and, and how, 
it's changed how how you are as a mother after the diagnosis and after some of the the changes with regard to stress and total body burden with toxins and things like that mm -hmm. so stress has been something that i never thought i needed to address and so integrating you know people say oh you need to meditate for 30 minutes a day i still seven years past cancer am trying to meditate for 30 minutes every day <laughs> But where it is really helpful is on the very smallest scale, mindfulness. So if you're on a walk, instead of also being on your phone or talking to someone, just listen to the birds, feel the sun on your face, feel the breeze in your hair. When you sit down to a meal, taking a moment before you shovel it in to appreciate the nutrients, hopefully it's a nutrient dense meal you're sitting down to, but the nutrients that it is giving your body and your life. And then taking my, I'm a huge fan of micro meditation. So micro meditations can be anywhere from 30 seconds to five minutes where you really just sit and breathe. It could mean pulling into your parking spot at work, turning off the ignition. And there is this, I don't know if you've, have you done this where there's just this incredible peacefulness in your car, yes. right? The radio goes off, the engine goes <laughs> off and the windows are still up. So it's quiet, like you're in a cocoon and just taking 30 seconds to a minute to just breathe, deep belly breaths, putting your hand on your belly so that the breath is filling your belly before your chest rises. That's a diaphragmatic breath. And that is actually what connects the brain through the vagus nerve to the gut. So there, I mean, I could go on and on forever and I do a lot of this within the Your Healthiest Healthy community, which people can learn all about what I offer through that at yourhealthiesthealthy.com. And there's lots of information. And as I said too, on my Instagram at Samantha Harris TV. Samantha, I have so enjoyed chatting with you. I could interview for another four hours, but I just wanna be respectful of your time and, I, and express my gratitude to you for just joining us for the show and, and sharing about the, what, what must've been a very tough journey, but I'm so glad that, um, that life is so vibrant and so full for you now. Thank you. And I too could talk to you for hours. So we'll just have to reconnect or do this again. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. And you guys, one more time with the website. I know people are going to want to join the community. Absolutely. And by the way, I am incredibly actively involved. I've gotten to know my members and it's been so much fun. It's yourhealthiesthealthy.com. Yourhealthiesthealthy.com. You guys, you can work out with Samantha. Doesn't that sound like fun? Oh my gosh, I love it. And we'll also link it up with this episode as well as on the TV episode at CW33.com. You guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. If you liked it, give us a rating, give us a review. Don't forget these always air Thursdays on CW33 if you are local or you can always catch them as well, CW33.com and secondshotpodcast.com. And we will leave the link for Samantha's info. Talk to you soon.